Welcome to Mysteries and Mimosas. My name is Max, and I am here with my co-host, Aria. Hi, everyone. Hello. Last week, we talked about seven-year-old Morgan Violi. Morgan was taken in broad daylight in front of her home in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Just a reminder, and if you're listening for the first time, Aria and I spoke with Morgan's mom and sister about Morgan's case. Their interview will be featured in part two, available this Wednesday. I want to take a minute to thank Morgan's sister, Nikki Britt, and Morgan's mom, Stacy Pulliam, for helping us tell Morgan's story. They are both wonderful people, and we're so appreciative to receive their support. It's also worth mentioning, we now have pictures and source material for Morgan's episode available on our website, mysteriesandmimosas.net. We've received a lot of positive feedback lately, and we want to thank everyone for supporting us and listening in every week. If you have any suggestions, we would love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Mysteries and Mimosas Podcast. If you haven't yet, please find us online and give us a follow. And if you're not familiar with Mystery Monday, we use this as an opportunity to give you a bonus episode, a bonus episode even, where we can focus on cases that aren't well known or cases that have limited information. We hope our show will reach that one person who might know something or have something to share to help solve a case. We're also very happy with the way last week's Mystery Monday turned out. We've decided to share two cases on Mystery Monday, one presented by me and one presented by Aria. And because I'm such a gentleman today, I'm going to let you go first. Wow. Thanks, Max. So my Mystery Monday case takes place in Centralia, Illinois. Centralia is located in south-central Illinois, approximately 270 miles south of Chicago. Joshua Jerome Mahaffey was born June 2, 1976. Joshua was 15 years old on October 12, 1991, when he got into an argument with his mother. After the argument, Joshua left his home in Centralia, Illinois, by climbing out his bedroom window. It is reported that Joshua left with another boy. He got... He left out of his bedroom window, snuck yes. out? Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a shame. Yeah. Joshua was known to run away from home for several days at a time. Due to this, his mother was not initially worried about him and assumed he would return home. When a month had passed without hearing from or seeing her son, Joshua's mother reported him missing to police on November 12, 1991. So it was um, a month between when he was last seen to when he was reported missing. And that's just because... He had a history of running away yeah. and returning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, he would, he would leave for several days at a time. Earlier in the year, in September of 1991, Joshua and a friend of his, Terry Martin, were involved in the burglary of a local grocery store. The grocery store was located in the shopping mall where Joshua and other local kids would hang out. It is reported that Joshua and Terry stole chips and sodas. Joshua spoke with police and implicated Terry in the burglary. One month after this... Joshua disappeared. The case was initially investigated by the Marion County Sheriff's Office because Joshua's home was located within this county. In 1996, the case was reopened, and a witness, Tanya L. Collins, came forward and told the Clinton County Sheriff's Office that she witnessed Joshua leaving that shopping center that I was talking about Mm -hmm. in a blue Ford Maverick with Terry Martin, Terry's girlfriend, and another unidentified teenage boy. The Clinton County Sheriff's Office joined the investigation because the shopping center was located within their jurisdiction. 
Tanya later told an attorney that she witnessed the torture, murder, and subsequent burial of Joshua in a satanic-type ritual on October 12, 1991, the night he disappeared after leaving in that blue Ford Maverick. Tanya said the murder and burial occurred at a local hangout for teenagers called the Devil's Playground. This area is located on the outskirts of Centralia and was frequented by teenagers who would party, drive ATVs, and sometimes practice Satanism. It's kind of weird because... They must have a devil's playground everywhere. Because I remember growing up as a kid, they had the same thing. There was a cemetery, and all the kids would go up there and smoke pot and drink and hang out, and it was called devil's playground. Oh, really? Yeah, and if you went up there like during the day, you can see um, where people like had dug up graves or like, oh wow, you know, desecrated some of the headstones, and yeah, Jeez. it was just weird. Yeah. So in two thousand three, twelve years after Joshua's disappearance. The newly appointed investigator on the case, Alan Rose, received a letter from an inmate at the Clinton County Jail. In the letter, the inmate claimed Terry Martin told him he killed a teenager named Josh in 1991. Investigators attempted to plant a wire in the cell, but it was unsuccessful. Terry Martin did have an extensive criminal record, which included beating a man almost to death with a baseball bat in 1993. Terry was sentenced to 22 years in prison in 1999 for raping a six-year-old girl. Terry was paroled in uh, 2010, but re-arrested after failing to register as a sex offender. As of October of 2019, Terry is not incarcerated or under supervision for any crimes. Investigators have viewed Terry as a suspect for many years, but do not have enough evidence to proceed with formal charges. Terry admits to being friends with Joshua in 1991, but says he does not know what happened to him and that he didn't harm Joshua. The Clinton County Sheriff's Office has reported that Tanya passed a polygraph related to her statements in 1996, but failed a second polygraph in 2008. Tanya is not considered a suspect in Joshua's disappearance. In 2007, a prominent local couple in Centralia hired a hypnotist for Tanya. Together, they all searched the wooded area of Devil's Playground, but never found anything. In 2008, investigators searched Devil's Playground with ground-penetrating radar, but again found nothing. The case is cold, but any leads received are still followed up on. Unfortunately, Joshua's parents are not involved in the investigation. Investigators do not know where his parents are located at this time. Investigators do believe that Joshua is deceased, but have no evidence to move forward with the case at this time. At the time of his disappearance, Joshua was 15 years old. He would be 47 years old today. Joshua is described as 5 feet 2 inches tall and about 120 pounds. He's a Caucasian male with brown hair and brown eyes. Joshua's two front teeth are capped and one of them is discolored. He has a dog bite scar on his left cheek and his nickname is Josh. If you have any information at all about Joshua's disappearance, please call the Marion County Sheriff's Office at 618 618- Five four eight two one four one, or the Clinton County Sheriff's Office at six one eight five nine four four five five five. Yeah, that's uh, thank you for that. That's really crazy. So this, you know, this inmate person Terry, you know, admits to it, but then nothing comes of it. No, apparently he told. It was kind of like a jailhouse snitch type of situation. He told uh, someone that he was incarcerated with that he had killed a teenage boy named Josh in 1991. So that's why police then subsequently tried to 
place a wire in the cell, but nothing ever came of it. Nothing ever came of it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you had a case because I didn't know anything about your case. You didn't know anything about mine, but you uh, presented a case about a runaway, you know, or somebody who constantly runs away. And so did I. So my case is from Marshall, Texas. On the morning of August 13th of 1999, Lakeisha Trinell Buckner was last seen at her residence on East Fannin Street. At the time of her disappearance, Lakeisha was 16 years old. She would be 40 years old today. It is believed Lakeisha left on her own because Lakeisha always had an extensive history of running away, just like Josh. However, Lakeisha never stayed gone long, in fact, not very long at all, and was always returning home. So, Lakeisha was known to associate with adult Hispanic male migrant workers, and Lakeisha's mother even had plans to file criminal charges against some of the men for providing Lakeisha with drugs and alcohol and for having, uh, allegedly having sexual contact with her. Lakeisha may be in the company of an adult Hispanic male after her 1999 disappearance, but Lakeisha has never been seen or heard from again. Wow. So that just reiterates how dangerous it is for these young girls to they're being groomed by these older adult men by providing them with drugs and and different things in exchange for sex yes and you know i can't even tell you the amount of cases that i've investigated where it all just starts with a a simple snapchat or you know internet communication where somebody says hey i can get you drugs i can get you alcohol and that's how they they sink that hook into them because at 16 years old, you're not going to be getting any alcohol on your own. Not without, you know, not unless you look older and you have some kind of fake ID and you're able to buy it. So, you know, these people come become dependent on, you know, their supplier or whoever. And, and these people prey on those victims. And so that's how, you know, that's just one way that people get, you know, especially young females get caught into that human trafficking. Yeah, so. and that's that's devastating. And, and this case was back in 1999, but now with the advancement of technology and Snapchat and social media, TikTok, all of these things, unfortunately has also led to these things being more prevalent and the child trafficking and sex trafficking trade is unfortunately booming because of it. It is. And, you know, a lot of times you'll see one victim get victimized time and time again, they become victim prone. And, you know, I can even just think off the top of my head of one specific victim where, you know, she she reported a sexual assault, and I'm investigating the sexual assault, and then all of a sudden, she's in the wind, and I can't find her. And, you know, it's several months later that, you know, she's located in a hotel with a bunch of men who were human trafficking her. And the FBI was working, you know, on that and they knew all about it. And so it just, it went from just my case to another case and another case and another case. And unfortunately, a lot of times the people who are victim prone, they just stop caring and they don't even want to cooperate. Mm-hmm. They just say, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good. You know, it's it happened, like, but I'm good. It's almost like they accept it as just part of their life now. It's just who they are Sometimes, as part of their yeah. identity. And it's, it's so sad. I hate it so much. I hate to see what humans do to each other, and especially when adults prey on the vulnerabilities of kids. 
That's the worst. Well, yeah. And speaking of that, um, Lakeisha actually has a learning disability and a speech impediment. And so you're right. They, they prey on those types of people. And that's how it starts. And I'm not saying that Lakeisha's, you know, being human trafficked, but this is definitely somebody who is very vulnerable to the human trafficking trade. Yes. Lakeisha is described as an African American female, four foot six or four foot seven tall, so she's, she's fairly short. Tiny. 115 pounds. Lakeisha has brown eyes and black hair, which at the time of her disappearance was long with braided extensions. Lakeisha has large, a large black mole above her left eyebrow and a scar on her right leg, and one of her front teeth overlaps the other. As I mentioned before, Lakeisha has a learning disability, but she also suffers from a heart murmur and a speech impediment. So if you have any information about Lakeisha's disappearance, please call the Marshall Police Department at 903-935-7831. And so that you don't have to rewind and find the number for Joshua, can you give that one to us again? You're too slow. You can call the Marion County Sheriff's Office at 618-548-2141 or the Clinton County Sheriff's Office at 618-594-4555. Thank you, Max. You're welcome. You always, you always rescue back? me with those oh. things. Yeah. Yeah. I always have your back. You do. I appreciate it. We also always finish each other's... Sandwiches. Sandwiches. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> This episode is done, son. It's been a while. It has been a while. I thought it was gone. I thought you had forgotten about that. I don't forget about anything. I'm like an elephant. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. I got a mind of an elephant. It's like a steel trap up here. Okay. If people out there really knew you, they would know that that's not actually true. I remind you of things constantly. Yeah, I'm just testing you, though. Mm. Do you ever think of that? Maybe I'm just testing to see how much you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's you that has a bad memory. Do you ever think of that? No. Actually, it that makes doesn't total even make sense. sense. It makes total no, sense. No, it doesn't. I mean, that's how bad your memory is. You can't even remember what I said. That's why you're confused right now. Okay. Anyway, don't, don't forget to check us out at mysteriesandmimosas.net. There you'll find photos and source information on this episode. Until Wednesday, when part two of Morgan Violiers, I appreciate you listening, and so does Arya. So in the meantime, enjoy the next couple of days. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>